Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, everybody. Today we are week three in this series of messages, and before we jump into the message, I just want to give you a quick update um, on the property process. We're going to try to keep you updated each week so you can see where things are at as we're heading towards a major decision point come mid-December. And so uh, if you're new to OCC, just a quick history. For about two years, we have been involved in an effort to save money for a future permanent home, uh, a facility uh, that we could use for the future. This is uh, leased space from the city of Riverside. And so as we've been here, it would be, it just seemed like it was time for us to begin to save for the future. So we, we began an effort that we called PrEP. And PrEP stood for pray and ask God what he would want you to give, respond um, with from what God has prompted you to give, uh, eagerly expect to see God work, and then pray for God to bring the right opportunity in time. And so, so far in PrEP, here's the amount that we have raised in PrEP. We've raised $348,000, just over that. And that was from around 2017 to September the 18th of this year. And it was, again, it was saving for the future. Essentially, it would be so that if an opportunity came, we would have money in the bank uh, towards a down payment. We wouldn't, weren't sure if we'd have enough for a down, but we would at least have a good running start towards a down payment. And so, it's really amazing what has already come in through uh, your generosity and, and generosity of, of people that would call this their church home. And this is giving above and beyond normal giving here. Uh, and so, well, what happened was in July, we'd been praying for an opportunity. In, in July, this property right here dropped $500,000 in price in one day. Uh, it was, it's 5.3 acres of, of land and some buildings on a very visible uh, corner on Alessandro between here and the 91 freeway. So as you're heading down Alessandro, before it becomes central, it's right there. It's an abandoned uh, former Riverside Swim and Tennis Center. So it's a great opportunity. Uh, so we submitted an offer to purchase it because we had watched the price on that thing start at $3.1 million, then hover around $2.6 million over a course of a year, and then in one day it dropped again to 2.1. So a million dollar drop from when we originally walked the property and looked it over. And when we submitted our offer, two other land developers submitted offers as well, and ours, ours was accepted. Uh, so on July 19th, we entered a six-month escrow period uh, f- to purchase this land. Uh, five of those six months are called a due diligence period, where in due diligence, you're, you've got time built in for inspections, working with an architect, submitting plans to the city conceptually, and preparing your funding, trying to raise the, the down payment money that we need fully. Um, and so in order to close the sale, there's, there's three major pieces that still need to come together. And so the first is to close the gap on our down payment for the property and for renovations. So beginning on September the 19th, we set out to see if we could come up with an additional $400,000. So from September 19th to December the 15th or uh, ish, we aimed to reach to raise 400,000 additional dollars towards the down payment. And we have 42 more days towards uh December 15th or from December 15th and You'll notice in your program that we're, we're, we're on our way, that the needle's beginning to move. So on our program, you see listed something in the 40s, I think, right? 
um, which is encouraging to see that. But actually, we have an update from when we printed on Thursday, and now there's 53000 um, in that fund. And so it's 53000 towards that additional 400000 If you add the two numbers together of the 400 we need and the 348, you'll see that's about $750,000 of what we're needing for our down and to close on the sale. So that's one piece you can be praying for, and um, it's certainly something if God is prompting you to participate in, we would love for you to give. It's sort of a, I'm not into cliffhanger movies where it gets resolved at the very end. I like it to where there's action, nonstop action through a whole movie, but this is probably not going to be that way. So, <laughs> so it's encouraging to see the needle beginning to move, though, and uh, and then we get to see what happens come December 15th. And um, but number two, we're working hard to secure a loan. And so the, the primary church lending partner that we're working with is very carefully evaluating our church. Uh, they're pleased with our progress that we've made with our architect. They're pleased with the progress we've made with the city planning department and how we've been engaging the neighbors of the community. Uh, here's what we submitted to our city, uh, Riverside Planning Department. We submitted this uh, not long ago. We're going to have a meeting with the city department heads to go over our concept plans um, very soon this month. And this is what we'd love to build. You'll see there's uh, basically at the bottom, there's two uh, existing buildings that we would renovate initially. So phase one is buy the land and renovate the two existing buildings. Take the roof off, bring the buildings up to code, bring all the property up to code, uh, redo the parking lot, get lighting in the parking lot. And basically phase one is, Get it operational. Move our offices there. Uh, use it for training space, smaller gatherings. Um, there's a courtyard, which is currently a pool filled in with dirt. So, you know, there's work to be done. Palm trees to be pulled out. Beautify the property. Uh, phase two is to construct that large auditorium, which initially would seat 350 people, but it has the capacity for 600 people in that auditorium as we build the other buildings on the property. And for this whole effort, I just encourage you to check out our website, uh, all the details, if you want to be part of giving towards this, you can give a v- gift any of these three ways. Just make sure you designate, um, go ahead and flip to that next slide, designate that it's for the building. So text, you know, make sure you add keyword build online, use the pull down for building, offering envelope, make sure you write it in the building line so we know where it's supposed to go. Thank you for praying, thank you so much for giving, and if, if God has prompted you to do so, if you're preparing to do that, thank you so much that you're wrestling through that with the Lord. So let's pray and then we'll, and we'll shift gears. So God, we just bring this to you. We trust you with it. Our hands are open. This is an opportunity. If, if you shut the door on it, um, Father, we trust that you have a better plan. And so uh, we, we are so grateful to, to have seen the opportunity come this summer after so many have sacrificed so much. Lord, thank you for the uh, the generosity and the sacrifice that was involved in our prep effort. And now to stretch again, God, we're, we're a young church. Uh, we've only been around 12 years. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to, to see that this will add up, but God, uh, I pray that if you want it done, Lord, you would stretch our faith and our generosity to a new level and that you would uh, make a way. And we trust you, Father, with the answer that you give um, come next month. And we pray for uh, unity through this process. Lord, would you protect us? And thank you, Lord, for um, the way you help us um, uh, trust you and not just uh, be uh, giving in to fear or intimidation. And we pray, Father, that you would block um, the enemy's attempts to intimidate us as we move forward in the different ways we do, whether this or launching a church next year. 
with the woods in Santa Clarita. We just we trust that you're leading us forward, and we thank you for uh, the ways that you're stretching and growing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we, we continued on in this series. The first week we started with this verse, Matthew 6, 21. Jesus said this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our heart follows our treasure. Last week we talked about how God is, is so generous. He's the most generous of all givers. He's resourced this world. He's created this world. He's provided for all of us. He's been so generous and kind to us. He's given us his word. He's giving us life and relationships and um and so as we talked about this area of generosity, today we're going to shift gears and talk about what is our role in all of this. And so today here's a phrase that we've seen all of our lives in this country. It's the phrase, in God we trust. It's our U.S. motto. It shows up on all of our coins and all of our paper bills. And the history of this was in 1846, a pastor wrote a letter to the U.S. Treasury Department saying, can we stamp this motto, in God we trust, on all of our coins as a way to say that God is on the side of the Union in the Civil War. In God we trust. And so they did. They From 1846 on. And then in 1957, President Eisenhower issued a law that went into effect that all paper bills would also have this motto. In God we trust. And it was during the Cold War. And so the U.S. government was looking for a way to just stand out and say, hey, we are not like the Soviet Union who has an atheistic belief system, we trust in God. And so this is on all of our money, in your pockets, in your coin jars, in your wallets, in your purses, in your, in your, in your homes, in God we trust. But you could really go, I mean, I, I don't know when the last time I actually studied a coin and thought and reflected on, yeah, in God we trust. When was the last time you rolled out a paper, you know, a dollar bill or a $20 bill and, and reflected on, on that and, and even wrestled with that? Like, do you believe that? Be easy to just live your life instead with, with this sentiment. <laughs> In self we trust. Well, here's the Bible's perspective in regards to our role. God is the owner. God is the owner. Look at Psalm 24. The psalmist writes, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Do you, do you really believe that God is the owner? That everything belongs to God, like the psalmist writes, that he owns it all? Because the last time I checked, when I look at my bank account, it, it says Josh and Erica Delarosa on it. When I look at my credit card or my debit card, it says my name on it. It doesn't say God's name on, on my debit card. When I, when I receive my paycheck, every receive paycheck I've ever received, it's, it's written, made payable to Josh Delarosa. It doesn't say, hey, here's God's money. He's, he owns it all. I believe that God is the owner, but the question is, and what we're going to look at this morning is, is that real for us? And I want to look at the parable of the talents. Look at some of these lessons we learned from the parable of the talents. It's found in Matthew chapter 25. And if you'd like, you can follow along. There's some lessons that we'll note at the bottom of the, the passage there. Uh, but Jesus, he taught many things when he was on earth. The parables were short stories that Jesus used to teach a lesson. And in this one, Jesus' life on earth is just about over. He pulls his disciples together, and he begins to highlight what life will be like in the kingdom. What does kingdom life look like? And so in the opening, we get introduced to the characters, and those are the first two lessons in the parable, are the characters. is God is the owner, and we are servants. Those are the first two fill-in-the-blanks at the bottom. God is the owner. We're his servants. So let's look at the text there, Matthew 25, verse 14. 
says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusted his property to them. God is that man. He's the owner. And we are his servants. His property is being entrusted. It's, in, it's actually on loan to us. God has entrusted things to us. They're not, they're not ours. They're his. We're, we're being lent resources here. Now, Jesus, he's about to suffer, he's about to die, be buried, be resurrected, and then eventually ascend into heaven where he sits right now. And so he's entrusting, he's about to do this. So what he's doing in this parable is he's saying, something's about to happen. You're about to see this being played out. And he's entrusting the message of the kingdom of God to his disciples. He's preparing them. And so if you follow Christ, you're actually a character in the story. God is the owner. We're his servants. Here's the second lesson. It's this. We have been given, or we've been entrusted, different amounts. We've been entrusted different amounts. Look at verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money. A talent is not a skill like juggling or, or driving backwards or artistic skills or musical. It's, a, it's an amount of money. In English, we hear talent, we think skills. This was just a, a form of currency, a talent. So to one, the master gives five talents of money. To another, he gives two talents of money. And another, one talent, and then this phrase, each according to his ability. This is why we know it's not just a natural ability, because it would seem redundant to say that again. And so it's it's a form of currency. Then he went on his journey. Now a talent, it was a considerable amount of money. One servant got five talents, one got two, one got one. But one talent was equivalent to 6,000 denarii. And, and a, a denarius is, is what you would receive for working one day. So, so if I work hard in one day, I receive a denarius. So 6,000 denarii is, is equivalent to one talent. Okay, one talent. The guy who got just one talent is basically given 16 years worth of wages. That's a lot of resources entrusted. 16 years worth of wages. The person that was given two talents is given 32 years of wages. And then the man that was given five talents is giving, given 82 years worth of wages. That's how much five talents would have been worth. This is really how life is. We each have different resources, different opportunities. Notice the last part of the verse. Then he went on his journey. So he entrusts and then he's, he's, he's gone. He's given resources. Then he sort of He's watching. What's he looking for? Well, he's looking at our choices. So that's really the next lesson. Daily, we make choices with what we've been given. Every single day, we've got opportunity presented to us. We have resources to make opportunity. And this is, you know, the the currency of the talents lets us know this is certainly a parable on wise use of stewarding money, but it's, it's more than that. It's opportunity. I mean, you have opportunity to steward time and all the hours of your day. What'd you do with that? What do you, what do you do with your weekend? What do you do with your days off? I mean, those are, those are things to steward for sure. Those are things to, that have been entrusted to you. But for sure, this is, this is money as well. I mean, money is part of the opportunity. And we make choices. Now look at verse 16 through 18. It says, the man, who had received the five talents, you know, the, the 82 years worth of wages, went out at once and he put his money to work and he gained five more. He leveraged what he had been entrusted and he invested it in some way and he gains 82 more years worth of wages. Wow. He put it to work and it produced something. Then in verse 17, it says, So also the one with two talents 
goes. And he gained two more. So he does the same thing. He leveraged it. He took the risk. He invested it. He made a profit. I wish we knew what that looked like. He goes to the market, buys a lot of seed, gets a plot of land, and just sows all the seed. And I mean, the risk is, what if it doesn't rain? What if the snow, or what if the sun doesn't really shine like it should to produce this? I mean, these were, this was an agricultural society, and so, or maybe raising livestock, but whatever they did, they leveraged what they had, and they produced more. These first two. But then in verse 18, but the man who had received the one talent, he went off, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. And so as people, we're constantly battling and we're sorting to make choices when it comes to our money. What am I going to do? I want you to check out this video put together by a life insurance company that sort of talks about Americans and how we spend our money. So take a look at this uh, video. So Americans overspend, this is a life insurance company, Americans overspend $1,489 a month, which is like $18,000 a year on, it's, it claims, on non-essential items. I don't know if that's true for you, um, but on average, that's this, this claim. I've read different stats on that, that, that as Americans, we overspend. Now, this just doesn't just happen. You don't just over, overspend without realizing, or w- without I mean, you choose that. I choose that. Choices are made. And that's the same in the story. We don't know their names. We don't know if these three, these three servants were, you know, Tim and Bob and John. We just know them as five talent guy, two talent guy, one talent guy. And five and two talent guy, they go and they, they used what they had and they made more. And one talent guy went and dug a hole and hid it. Each was entrusted something, and it's really not about what you have been entrusted, the temptation for us is to say, why did he get two talents and I only got one talent? Or why, why, did, why, do, you, why do I never... I always see those five-talent guys. Why can't I be a five-talent guy? It's tempting to sort of compare, but each was entrusted. They all respond differently. The same is true for us. Every single day, we make choices. We have to make choices. with What are we going to do with what has been entrusted? Now, here's another lesson. God holds us accountable for what we've been entrusted with. Certainly our money. He holds us accountable for everything that has been entrusted to us. Everything. We'll give an account. You know that you'll actually give an account for every word you've spoken. Jesus said that every idle word we'd give an account for. We give an account for all the opportunities, all the hours we spent. How did you spend your time, your resources, your words? The opportunities, I mean, we're going to give an account. So look at verse 19. The accounting comes, verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man, and, and they all give a personal account. This is not a group evaluation. You know, it would be nice sort of if, if God you know, said, okay, OCC, as a group, as a group, you did pretty good. 
pretty good. And you're like, okay, I'm going to lean in because I want to lean closer to the ones that I know did really good, you know. It's not a group accounting. This is, now, there are group accountings. You read the Bible, you see that there are judgments upon groups and upon churches. Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, Jesus is not happy with some churches. He inspects them as a group, and he says, you're in danger of being put out of business as a group. But there's also these situations where it's a personal accounting. This is one of those where it's more personal accounting. Verse 20, it says, the man who had received the five talents, he brought the other five. Can you imagine him trying? It's a story, short story, so let's imagine. He's wheelbarrowing 82 years and then 82 more years. Here you go. Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. He's probably smiling, standing up straight. And it says in verse 21, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. And the same thing, well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So what is this? Really, this is a story in some parts about Jesus. Is, he is that man on the journey entrusting all sorts of opportunity to his disciples. And this is a parable really about, you know, we're going to come face to face with our Lord and we're going to give an account to him about what we have done with our life here on earth. And to, the, to these two guys, these first two, he replies, well done, you were faithful with what I've entrusted to you. Picture the one talent guy. He watches this happen. <laughs> He's waiting, and then he realizes, oh no. He's got a lump in his throat, as he knows he's up next. And so verse 24, he goes, then the one who received the one talent came, Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. He doesn't, the master doesn't mince words here. He just says, you're, you were being wicked and lazy. Cause this man just buried out of fear what he'd been given. He kept it safe for himself. He didn't think about how to best use this money for his master in a way that would please the master. He just thinks, I'm burying it. Now I imagine Jesus wants us to pause here. What are we doing? And really ask, what are we doing with what has been entrusted to us? With whatever has been entrusted, one, two, or five, what are we doing with what has been entrusted to us? I like how Randy Alcorn, he's a pastor, he wrote a book called Money, Possessions, and Eternity. He wrote this, one day everyone must answer these three questions. Where did it all go? What did I spend it on? And what has been accomplished for eternity through my use of all this wealth? We're actually all accountable, just like these servants, which is really Jesus' point. The five and the two talent servants took a risk. They leveraged in an attempt to please their master. And Faith is risky. Faith is like that. If you're looking for a life of security and ease and trouble-free living, then you'll play it safe like the one talent guy did. You'll play it safe. You'll be crippled by fear. 
and worry. And as you'll learn in the passage, you'll forfeit opportunities because of it. Because the final lesson in the parable is this. Faithful stewards can be entrusted with more. A steward is a manager. So faithful managers, faithful servants of the master's resources can be entrusted with more. Look at verses 28 and 29. It says, take the talent from him. This is what the master says. Take the talent from the one talent man, one talent guy, and give it to the one who now has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Jesus' point is this. God has given us a great deal in life. We've been entrusted with so much in life, and we're going to give an account. And present and future blessing is tied to whether we were faithful or not faithful. To the one who is faithful, Jesus says, he will have it in growing abundance. As you're faithful, you know, faithful with little, faithful with much. You're given more. This is what Luke 16 teaches, verses 10 through 12, verse 10. For those who have been faithful, the reward is you get more to be faithful with. There's actually more to be concerned with at that point as well. <laughs> if you get a job, you get a promotion, there's more that, that, that now you're concerned with. But it's because you've been faithful. God trusts more to you in opportunity. Same with resources. I mean, this is how it works. But to the one who's not faithful, he or she will see their resources just drip and flow through their hands like sand. It gets taken. So what does this mean for us here and now on a real practical level? As one entrusted, a few things. Number one, I know, on the back side of your listening guide, to apply this is, I know where my money is going. That, that's, as a person who is wanting to be faithful, you need to know where your money is going. See, money doesn't have feet. When it says $1,489 were overspent on non-essential, it doesn't have feet. You know, where did it all go? No, we we choose it. We send it. And so we want to encourage you to create a budget. Create a budget. Uh, here are two organizations that can help you create a budget. Crown Financial Ministries and Financial Peace University. Both of these groups have, a, have a, a, a helpful tools on their website to help you build a budget. And here's a great approach to consider. Here's a $101 bill. This is $100 in ones. So imagine this is your what you've been entrusted. You get 100% every month of something, right? You get 100% of whether it's your allowance or your paycheck or whatever. This is 100% spread out in three piles. A stewardship pie here is 70%, 10%, 10%, 10%. And imagine every time money comes into your life, what do you do with it? Again, it doesn't crawl away. Imagine you choose to send it some places. And so, you tell it where to go. You send it. One of the keys to financial peace and financial freedom is to learn to live off of 70% of your income. So 70, 10, 10, 10. Again, I mean, people that are older than me in this room can speak to this point because they've seen this that if you, you need to learn to live off of a certain percentage, you need to sort of fix what you spend on yourself. And a good, most financial stewardship ministries and groups would say, learning to live off of 70% is a really wise way to, to make traction in your life. 
Live off of 70%. Give 10%. Save 10%. If you're in debt, send 10% to your debt. If you're not in debt, then invest 10%. So live, give, save, debt or invest. You choose. If you're in debt, then choose to pay off your debt. Don't delay on that. 70, 10, 10, 10. This is something that in our financial seminar, we're going to sort of flesh this out. But this, this step of knowing where your money is going is really important. Now, a typical month, it looks like this. I mean, most of us here in California, it's expensive to live here. And so a good portion of the live goes what? Goes to housing, right? So let's put, I don't know, what should we put? Half of that in housing? All of it in housing? <laughs> Let's just be optimistic, folks. Let's put that much into housing. What else What else needs to happen in a month? Food. you got to eat. You know, so you got some food, okay? There's some food money. Gas. It's expensive right now. Let's add a few more. It's just really expensive, okay? What else? Music. Entertainment. Yeah, i got to see some movies. Got to listen to some music, some entertainment. Uh, what else? What? Medical. medical, yeah, medical. It's a good amount too, right? Okay, we're running out. What else needs to happen? Utility bills. You got to keep the power on. You, know, you got to pay some utility bills. Baby needs some new shoes, you know. So you're like, hey, you know. <laughs> allowance, allowance. You're like. Sometimes I get to the allowance point and I'm like, can you loan me to pay you your allowance? <laughs> you know, it's okay, here guys, you know, here's a couple for allowance. And you're, you're like, you know what, I'm at the 17th of the month and there's still 14 more days to go. You know, we ate all the food or, or, we, or we spent too much on these other things. We didn't buy enough food, but I'm out of money, so what do I do? Well, ah... Uh, God will get you next time. You know, going to get some more groceries. I drove a little too far this month, so I'm going to have to put some more gas in the tank and, you know, popped my tire. So, you know, I want to save, but, well, thankfully I did save some in the past. So then I'm going to take my savings. I'm going to put that into some needs that came up. And and then, oh, a new movie came out. You know what? You know, we go through and we just sort of get to the end of the month and we're like, I know I should be generous, so I'm going to be generous. And I, and I know I should save and I'll get to debt next month. But does this, I mean, sound familiar? I think a lot of times we we approach this area and we just, we would say, I don't know where it's all going. I know it all went. I don't know where it all went. So, but someone who sees this as a stewardship knows where it's all going. Number two, they check in regularly with God. Meaning, after I've seen where it all went, I bring that to God and I look back and say, God, here's where it all went. I'm giving you an account on this. And I'm checking in with you. Are you happy with what we did? When was the last time you, maybe you and your spouse if you're married, or just alone, if you're not married, just with God. God, are you happy with how we spent this? This is yours. God, you own it all. Is this what pleased you this month? Is this what you want? And then third... I ask God to help me take action. No foot dragging. God, I, I just need to take action. I need to rework this. And so as our worship team comes back up to the stage, 
Um, take, take out that, or look at the next steps there. And and see that pie chart. This is sort of the takeaway. Go home and, and wrestle through this. Where's it going? Fill out the pie chart for yourself. And just be honest. Look back and say, where has it been going? If it's, if it's 85, live, 3% give, 0% save, and whatever else would go to debt or, you know, then write what it is right now and then pray about that. Take that next step. Spend some time in prayer. And then fill in what is the, a step towards change. And maybe think through what is the plan moving forward? How can we make some progress in this area? And then ask God for his help in that. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your, your kindness to entrust so much to us. Um, not just in money, but certainly with the resources, the money, the possessions. Help us to be faithful. And we just, we ask you for help in this area. It's, it's easy to get discouraged in finances. I pray, God, you'd give us hope as we look to your plan and trust you, God. Help us to be people who learn to live off of the 70 and then grow, Lord, in generosity. Um, plan for the future through savings. Um, invest, Lord, in, in the future. Um, be faithful to, to stay after getting out of debt. Invest in things even beyond the here and now, Lord. Help us to be wise stewards. That, that you would even, when we give an account to you, that you would say, you know, you were struggling, but I remember the day when you turned a corner and began to steward resources and manage resources differently. Well done. Lord, may we hear that from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. We pray. We would love to hear that. Would you give us the help and the clarity to make steps forward in this area? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.